Welcome to the IndyCar conference call. My name is Cami, and I will be your operator for today's call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Later, we will conduct a question and answer session. During the question and answer session, if you have a question, please press star then 1 on your touchtone phone. Please note that this conference is being recorded. I would now like to turn the call over to Mr. Arnie Stryven. The line is yours. Thank you, Cami, and welcome everyone to today's IndyCar Media Teleconference. Sunday will be one of the biggest days in one worldwide motorsports with the 101st running of the Indianapolis 500 presented by Pengrade Motor Oil, the Formula One Monaco Grand Prix, and the NASCAR 600-mile race in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're pleased to be joined today by a man who will oversee his team's performance in two of those races, Zach Brown, the Executive Director of the McLaren Technology Group. Zach, welcome to the call. Thank you for having me. All right. Uh, McLaren Honda race cars will compete in Indianapolis with Fernando Alonso and in Monaco with Stoffel Van Dorn and Jensen Button. Uh, Zach, we've seen how Fernando has done here in Indianapolis. Uh, what have your impressions been of uh, your experience with the Verizon IndyCar Series and uh, Fernando's performance to date? Uh, it's been uh, fantastic. He has done, uh, the team has done both McLaren and uh, Andretti Autosport an outstanding job to have so far. Uh, kind of a textbook uh, month of May. Obviously, the race is the hardest part and the longest part, so, um, you know, we got to get through it and get through it successfully. But so far, the uh, welcoming that we've had, uh, the uh, competitive nature in which uh, we're, we're executing has been, uh, has been great. It's been a, a great experience. Uh, your, your team, McLaren, has dubbed uh, this weekend a race of two worlds. What will Sunday be like for you? Uh, wh where will you actually be watching uh, the races? So I am going to Monaco tomorrow morning, and then we'll be the uh, last plane out of Nice at about 10.45, which will get me into Indianapolis at about 3.20 a.m., according to my itinerary Sunday morning. And I'll uh, go for a quick uh, shower and a change of uniform and uh, go to the racetrack nice and early and uh, take it uh, take it all in and enjoy it, and then go to sleep. <laughs> all right, thank you. Uh, let's open up for questions for Zach Brown. This begins our question and answer session. If you have a question, please press star then 1 on your touchtone phone. If you wish to be removed from the question queue, please press the pound sign or hash key. If you're using a speakerphone, you may need to pick up the handset first before pressing the numbers. Once again, to queue up for a question, that is star then one on your touchtone phone. And our first question comes from Dan Gelston from Associated Preps. Uh, hi, Zach. I'm, I'm wondering, uh, you know, from a marketing perspective, is there any chance at all that Alonzo is overshadowing, overshadowing other elements of the race or maybe other participants? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think clearly he's getting. Um, the, the most awareness right now, um, but he's getting awareness not just for himself, but for Indianapolis, for IndyCar, for Formula One. Uh, I bet there's more people that know Scott Dixon today than before poll internationally. Obviously, Scott's a, a, a superstar, but this will have only exposed more people to, to him, so I think there's an upside for the uh, all the competitors. So I think it's a, a good story. It's a huge story. Um, might be the dominant story, but I think it's good for everybody. 
Our next question comes from Mr. John Orvix from Motorsport Magazine. Thanks. Hi, Zach. Um, hey, my son goes to school over near the Speedway, about a few blocks away, and Fernando was over at his school this morning with uh, a couple other drivers, and they were playing with Legos and doing science projects with the kids. We can see how he's doing on the track, but how is he adapting to the off-track demands of the, of, of the Indy 500, the fan and the, the media activities and such? Uh, so it's a great question and brings a uh, smile to my face like it does Fernando because I was actually sent a video from uh, Sylvia, who's uh, one on our media team, the video of him doing uh, school, which um, I hadn't uh, yet seen. And uh, my comment, and, and Fernando was on it, was welcome to IndyCar with a big smile. And, um, you know, to answer your question, he, he, he loves it. He has been, uh, from the moment we landed in Indianapolis for the test and, and fans waiting outside the, the FBO to visiting schools, I think it's a uh, breath of fresh air for him. He uh, is enjoying it. He's doing all of it. Um, he wants to do it. He feels very welcomed by the IndyCar club. And um, I think he's he's enjoying the the good nature and how much support everyone's giving him, and it's uh, and it's and it's great to see. But it's it certainly is substantially uh, more work than he's accustomed to for a uh, for a race weekend. Thanks a lot. Good luck. Cheers. Okay, our next question comes from Mr. Josh Farmer from Motorsports Tribune. Yes. Zach, um, now that um, from from a, now that from a competitive standpoint, you've had you've had a few few weeks to take in the the whole IndyCar experience. How has that changed your perspective on IndyCar? Um, and what are the chances that um, that we will see we will see McLaren back on the IndyCar grid full time? Yeah, so it's it's been uh, a great experience so far. So everyone at McLaren. Uh, you know, is enjoying this, has enjoyed it. The, the, uh, XCOM, as we call them, our executive committee, Hansa Roger and Sheikh Mohammed and, and some board members were out for qualifying. They enjoyed it. They saw a lot of, uh, friends. You know, they've been around motor racing, uh, their, their whole life. So, you know, Tony George and Roger and Michael and Mario, et cetera. And, um, North America is, an important, a very important market for, for us since we're a, a racing team, but also have other uh, businesses. And, you know, our criteria for competing outside of Formula One is it has to be commercially viable. Uh, we have to feel we can be competitive, that it fits our brand and it doesn't detract from our Formula One efforts, which is our primary effort. And Indy 500 and IndyCar, you know, ticks those boxes. Um, so it, it is something we're definitely considering. We want to get through the month. We, we feel real good right now, but we know Indianapolis is a, is a tough race, so I hope we have the same level of enthusiasm uh, that we do right now, which I'm, I'm sure we will, regardless of, of outcome. It's been a great experience. And um, I think it's something that, that we're definitely going to discuss and are discussing internally and have met with, with IndyCar and uh, are certainly, you know, interested in competing in some way, shape, or form in the not-too-distant future. 
Okay, and I guess a, a follow-up to that, um, if you can, um, what's your overall take on the, the overall health of, of the IndyCar series from your perspective? Looks really healthy to me. You know, there's 33 cars. I, I know it's always tough to get those last uh, few out, um, but they've got full grids and have for a, a long time. So the I think it shows how competitive IndyCar is, right, Fernando? Uh, has some teammates in front of him and some teammates behind him and, uh, certainly not a, a walk in the park. So, uh, I think, uh, the quality of the talent, the teams and drivers is, is outstanding, world class. And, um, they're putting out a lot of cars and, you know, the, uh, I know that I think the, the ratings now, uh, I believe are, are flattish for the, for the year. I would hope and think they'll be up for the 500. So, uh, Verizon's a great, title sponsor obviously i'm well aware of that sponsorship from my old my old days so you've got a great um partner there so overall i think indycar is healthy and mark miles is doing the right things and it was great to see how quickly as an example he jumped on with our opportunity and how you know he, he's the credit with you know at least part of the credit for how much publicity this has generated because because mark definitely uh, threw his weight behind this the moment it happened. Okay. Um, thank you very much, and best of luck, Zach. Thank you. As a reminder, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star then 1 on your touchtone phone. If you're using a speakerphone, you may need to pick up the handset first before pressing the numbers. Once again, that is star then 1 on your touchtone phone. Our next question comes from Dan Gelston from Associated Press. Uh, hey Zach, Dan again. Um, you know, even though you're in F1 now, you know, you know, you know IndyCar well. I mean, with so little turnover uh, in the series, what does IndyCar have to do to recruit new owners, and where's it going to get young drivers to eventually replace the aging veterans? Um, I mean, both good questions, and I, and I think uh, not just IndyCar has that. Uh, challenge, you know, Formula One does in, in all racing. Uh, you, you know, none of the grids are as healthy as you want, so you need to always be recruiting. Um, the more economically uh, viable uh, motor racing is, the easier it is uh, to find them. You know, um, not a, a small um, number are, uh, you know, it, it's vanity sponsorship so it's it's you, you, your cell has to be more business opportunity than, than vanity but there are some wealthy people out there that enjoy their racing and subsidize it and have very successful uh, racing teams so um, you know the, 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 the more commercially viable the easier um, I think you have to look around at other series as, as well um, who might want to come into car racing unfortunately that might be the detriment of, a, of another series but you know, that's how the world works. And then, um, you, you know, drivers, I, I think, you know, that same question was probably asked 20 years ago, and unfortunately it's a sport that, you know, is a blend of talent and economics, and we all know lots of drivers that shouldn't have made it because they didn't get the or have the economics, and then we've seen some drivers not make it and be successful but get into the big leagues who maybe uh, – their commercial acumen was better than their driving talent. So I don't think I've got a silver bullet other than to uh, 
uh, keep trying hard and, and, you know, the series I think is doing, um, you know, well, and it just needs to be a focus, but I, I don't think I've got a magic solution. Thank you. Our next question comes from Mr. Mark Cipiolani from Auto Racing One. Hi, Zach. Uh, this is Mark. How are you? Good, yourself. Um, you, I thought um, it was mentioned or, or reported that McLaren was going to bring some um, expertise over or some talent over uh, to work on the Alonso team here in Indy. I wonder if you can share with us, did that happen, and are they just, you know, are they changing tires, are they engineers, or what kind of uh, personnel is uh, from F1 is, is working on his IndyCar effort? Uh, yeah, we did um, uh, bring some people over, uh, both that have been there uh, permanently from day one, and then others that have gone uh, in and out, and then some, uh, well, more than some, uh, lots of communication back with uh, home base, the MTC, and um, not really involved in the physical element, i.e., you know, having anyone over the wall. It's been more around um, strategy, uh, arrow, some data analysis, um, where, you know, we've got people on our team with, with IndyCar experience, people that were involved with the chassis when it was designed. So um, it was a blend of people that already knew the, the series and the car and then uh, some of our F1 uh, resources. And I'd, uh, I'd like to think we uh, we helped, obviously, and Jetty's got, you know, all their cars are strong. Um, and and there, that's, that's been the areas of focus. I'd like to just follow up with a quick question. Um, Fernando seems to be very happy. I mean, he's smiling a lot, and his car seems to be handling really well. Um, I, I saw him making passes in the short shoot, a short shoot on Monday. He's uh, he, he looks very confident. Um, what's he saying to you? Is he has he said you know hey, I want to do this again, or or is he just focusing on this year and not really looking at at, at a future shot at it? Well, we've not spoken about uh, anything other than the race. You, you know, he's a very, very, very focused uh, racing driver, more than I've seen or, or been around, and I've been around a lot in various capacities. Um, so he's very focused, so he wouldn't want to be distracted by thinking about uh, next year. He loves it. Um, it's every bit as cool, if not probably cooler than he thought it was going to be. Uh, it's totally different. He very much enjoys it. He feels he's um, very good around the speedway. He, he's very confident, but he's not cocky or, or arrogant uh, at all. He, he knows uh, Indy can bite at any moment, um, so he's very respectful. But he knows he's got a good race car, and he knows he's fast, and he has been uh, aggressive in passing, which obviously it's one thing to be, you know, good by yourself and then good in traffic and then not be able to get around traffic. His race craft in Formula One is you know, arguably the, the best. So he, he's excited because I think he has a shot. I think he has a shot, so does he, of, of you know, having a great result. I... I have uh, the race, uh, I think there's 12 to 15 drivers that can win, and I think there's five or six that are the fastest 
I think there are another five that are pretty darn close and with a little bit of strategy uh, could win it. And then there's probably another three or four that if, you know, it was a bit of a wild race, uh, could win it. And I've got Fernando, in my own opinion, I've got him in that top five, six that are capable of winning the race on uh, outright speed. But, you know, that's a competitive field, and that's what he's looking forward to is he knows he has a chance, but he knows so do a lot of other people, and he just wants to race them. That's my observation as well. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Our next question comes from Mr. Bob Abdella from BA Communications. Hi, Zach. Um, for the past few years, you and your family have resided in the U.K., a place that's near and dear to your heart and includes the headquarters for your Leeds-based United Autosports successful sports car team, which will be making its Le Mans debut in next month. I'm wondering, what's it been like for you to be back? And beyond that, you've spent the better part of 20 years living in the greater Indianapolis area. What's it been like being back in your own stopping grounds? Uh, great questions and great to hear from you. Um, starting with the last question, uh, it, it feels great and it feels different. And it feels different because it's the first time I've walked down Gasoline Alley and felt like I was part of the show where, you know, obviously doing the sponsorships over the year, you're contributing and you're kind of part of the show, but you're, you're not, um, part of the show everyone's coming to, to watch. And so, uh, walking down Gasoline Alley in my, uh, McLaren Honda, um, Andretti, uh, gear was special. The fans have been, uh, so gracious and, and lots of hollering and for the first time not, not bad hollering at me. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, fans just, you know, everything from welcome back to this is going to be the greatest race ever to this is, you know, what I've dreamed and I would see. And so just, uh, very, very welcoming. And, uh, I actually went for a two-seater ride with Mario. Um, and that was terrifying. <laughs> He's an impressive, 77-year-old, I think probably as fast as anyone, and I'd maybe run him in a McLaren next year. <laughs> um, and what it also gave me an appreciation for, because I've never actually been around the track other than on a bus, which is different than uh, Mario at, uh, in the two-seater, and, and just in awe of uh, Indianapolis. So um, very, very special moment that would probably be hard to... Uh, ever replicate again how uh, cool uh, this is because it's also a great blend personally of all my favorite parts of motorsport, which is Formula One, World Champions, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and, and IndyCar. And so to blend that all together, that's um, you know, at least my 25 years in the business uh, uh, is a, kind of a dream come true. And then... Um, yeah, we've got Monaco this weekend, and then my other racing team, United Auto Sports. I was actually out goofing around today, truth be known, at Snetterton for my first uh, day off in about six weeks uh, in some of my old historic cars. And um, with United Auto Sports, we're going to Le Mans after this, so I feel I'm pretty uh, pretty blessed and pretty lucky to uh, 
being able to participate at Le Mans, uh, Indy, and uh, Monaco all in the same year. There must be some sort of trophy for that. I just don't know what it is. It's usually driver-related. <laughs> Do you think this will uh, spur any interest for a future return to uh, a Formula One to IMS? Um, I am of the opinion that Formula One at IMS uh, works. I think uh, they've changed the configuration of the track a little bit. I think it makes sense for Formula One to be at the world's greatest racetrack. I think the city of Indianapolis is well catered to take care of Formula One, just like it did at the uh, in the past and Super Bowl. Um, I, I think the drivers like it. I think Indianapolis is easy to get to geographically. Realize it may not have the uh, glamour uh, of some of the other markets that are being spoken about, but it, it's here. It's ready to go. And I think economically, uh, given that Liberty is taking a different view on uh, some of their future partnerships, I, I think they're... Um, is an opportunity there, and personally, I'd like to see it happen. Thanks, Zach. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. Our next question comes from Mr. Ricker Silva from Auto Carreras. Good morning, Zach and colleagues, and thank you very much for everything. We're a Colombian podcast, and we want to know, so far, how you see Alonso's motivation here at India and how this can be transferred to Formula One and benefit your partnership beyond this year. Uh, I think, uh, one, and Fernando's commented on this, I think it's only going to make him a better, more complete driver, which is uh, hard to imagine because he's about as good as you get, a 9.9 out of 10. Um, but I do believe having uh, driven uh, myself, so having some experience around that, that driving different disciplines I think makes you uh, a better overall driver. So I think um, he will have learned some stuff here that, like we saw Jacques Villeneuve pass Schumacher around the uh, the outside, and Villeneuve kind of called a shot. I think he said that was based on his oval experience. So I think he'll, he'll take away some some learnings. Um, obviously, he has had a uh, frustrating two years, as we all have, with our lack of competitiveness, and, and um, that can get you down after a while. I think he is enjoying this so much that I think it's going to uh, keep a smile on his face for a, a while, and, and, you know, we're working hard on giving him a better race car in Formula One, so I hope, you know, this was um, a, a good experience for him that puts him uh, in, a, in a very... Uh, happy mood. He, he really likes how McLaren goes racing. You know, this wasn't this, uh, just a brave decision by Fernando to go 500. This was a brave decision by the owners of McLaren uh, to, to get behind this project. So I think he likes that uh, environment. I know he likes that environment. And as you saw in Spain, uh, we had a, a, an improvement uh, on, uh, that was even bigger than we had anticipated. So um, we may not be that competitive uh, in the next up, uh, coming races, but as long as Fernando comes back, he feels he's driving great, he's enjoying it, the car is getting better, 
He loves his work environment. I think it is very healthy for, for everyone's uh, part of the relationship. Okay, thank you very much. Our next question comes from Mr. Tim Haley from Eat My Ink. Hey, Zach. Um, please tell me that McLaren is considering getting into the mix of uh, chassis manufacturers for IndyCar, that hopefully there will be a mix of chassis manufacturers for yeah, so uh, personally, as a, I, well, I think it would be good for the sport and also with my uh, viewers hat on, I think a couple different chassis manufacturers, uh, as long as you can economically make it work, that's usually why going to a single ends up happening. But if you look back at the uh, kind of late 80s, early 90s, when uh, IndyCar was was nipping at the heels of Formula One as far as uh, popularity. It had a mix of a few chassis, had a mix of a few engines. I'd love to see that happen again. Um, we tend to, uh, outside of obviously our automotive business, historically not being to, you know, mass production uh, of, of anything. Everything's been very uh, bespoke, but obviously we've got our electronics business where we're involved with IndyCar, uh, NASCAR and, and uh, other forms of series. So we have uh, literally spoken about it for the first time uh, last week. Um, no one internally kind of commented yet, so I think it's on the to-discuss list, but we don't have uh, any view yet on whether McLaren would pop, uh, participate in that scenario uh, or not. I'm glad to hear it's under consideration because I totally agree with you um, that it brings interest to the sport and um, and things haven't really gotten any cheaper with the one make series. <laughs> um, no, no. Uh, uh, another question which really uh, you know doesn't really fall under the heading of the orange car, but Rossi is so much quicker or showing the outright speed this year, which I don't, which kind of surprises me. Has he? Some of that come from either hanging out with Fernando or with uh, from the insight McLaren's been able to give to the Andretti team. Has he just better taken advantage of it than some of the other drivers on the team? Well, I I don't know why on specifically Rossi. What I can tell you is, without getting into too much detail, is some stuff that Fernando has learned about the car, um, has been transferred to the other cars, uh, and, of course, vice versa. You know, Fernando and McLaren have, you know, we've learned more from Andretti and the drivers than they've learned from us, but there there has been um, areas, and in, in we've operated as, as one team, so happy to, to share information because it goes both ways. So hopefully... Uh, I think Andretti obviously has won the race many times, but I, I think um, you never know with these drivers what gets them to step up. I, I have no doubt that the other 32 drivers, as much as they admire Fernando, really want to beat him. And, you know, that can be a motivating factor with, with some drivers, but Rossi has been, uh, had been, you know, uh, really the whole lineup impressively uh, quick. All right. Well, thank you very much, and great luck on uh, great luck this weekend. Thank you very much. 
Our next question comes from Mr. Joey Barnes from Motor Sports Tribune. Hey, Zach. How are you? Um, I'm doing all right. Thank you. Uh, you know, you're a little over a month into this undertaking. Uh, what's been the most impressive part of the process for you and some of the biggest takeaways from the ex- whole experience? Uh, the part that's impressed me the most uh, is that it has all gone so well so far, which is all the credit to the people at McLaren, the people at Andretti, and the people at IndyCar, because, you know, even here, say, a month, it feels like we've crammed about 12 months of planning successfully into one month, and usually that's a recipe for a disaster. And the uh, willingness, contribution, collaboration between those three entities has been outstanding on and off the track, and that's why I think everything's gone so well uh, is everyone has played their, their part. You know, it was might have been my wild and crazy idea, but it took the bravery of uh, my bosses to say yes, it took Fernando wanting to do it, but then once you got past you know, the deals done, everyone at, at McLaren Honda, you know, we've probably got 30 people that are contributing uh, to the Indianapolis 500 project in one way, shape, or form, and then of course Andretti's team and IndyCar's team, and, and whether it's been a press conference or a test or a qualifying or partner activation, everything has just gone really well, which is making me nervous for the race. <laughs> Thank you. Our next question comes from Mark Cipollani from Auto Racing One. Uh, hi, Zach. Um, a quick one, and then I have an, a follow-up. The quick one is um, you're coming over for the race. Are there any other McLaren brass coming over? Um, you know, management coming over with you on that flight to be here for um, on, Yeah, on this particular uh, flight, no. We will have lots of people there. It was very important. You know, they got, they flew out last weekend and spent two days and had dinner at Mark's house uh, with Michael and uh, Fernando, and they took in the whole weekend, and they thought about it. And they wanted to be here, but it's also very important that they show support to our Formula One team because, you know, everything is going swimmingly on the IndyCar side and Formula One's uh, tough. So they, they wanted to show their support to both. And fortunately, IndyCar is two weekends. So I'm the only lunatic that's flying, uh, overnight, uh, to, to do, uh, to do both. Um, the second question, thank you. The second question is, um, going back to the question that was asked earlier about F1 coming back to Indianapolis Speedway, um, now, there's no secret that the IndyCar Grand Prix has somewhat struggled with uh, you know crowd count um, on a Saturday event. And F1 started to struggle there for a while, and that's why they, they're gone now. What, what do you think about the idea of having a uh, doubleheader weekend a Saturday and Sunday race, uh, where IndyCar is on Saturday, F1 on, on Sunday, back at the Speedway, to both, you know, to, to, I guess, you know, generate interest from both, both camps. And, uh, and you might even have some crossover on some drivers doing both races. What, what, what do you think about that idea? Um, 
the crossover part, I think, would probably be a bit tricky. But but that aside, I, I like the idea. Uh, you know, I think, you know, personally speaking, going to a, a race weekend, the the more uh, exciting racing, the the better. And so, uh, an IndyCar Formula One doubleheader sounds cool. Uh, I don't know why that would be any more or less feasible than doing them uh, individually. So, uh, why not? Okay. All right. Thanks. Our next call comes from Mr. Ben Johnston from Padiaki. Hi, Zach. How are you doing? Firstly, congratulations on um, Fernando's performance in qualifying. Do you think, have you changed your approach towards the race in terms of your expectations following his fantastic performance in qualifying? And secondly, is there anything you have learned from your experience in IndyCar that you can bring back to Formula One and kind of tell those guys maybe we could do this, maybe in terms of fan engagement, like the way Fernando is at the elementary school today. Do you think there's anything that everyone can learn from IndyCar? Um, but I'm kind of just um, looking at how you were, your expectations towards the race on Sunday. Yeah, so our, our approach and Fernando's approach is just to keep doing uh, what he's doing, which is head down, very focused, uh, one day at a time. Uh, you set out goals for that day. Um, so far, we've hit those uh, individual uh, kind of daily goals. And now he's got to get through the, the race. He was a, a little disappointed in uh, qualifying, uh, which is, is good. I think that shows how much he wants to be at the, the front. So I think he felt he... Uh, could have been the front row, and from everything I saw, you know, because we had done a, a engine change in the morning, and there's some tuning that needed right. to be done um, during qualifying. So he's got, you know, he's going out there trying to win the race, uh, and I think you can only set your expectations after you've seen how the first week has gone, and because it's gone as well as it has, and he's clearly very fast and has a, a great car. You know, we're we're going in trying to get a great result and you know we're going for the for the win just like uh 32 other drivers are and i think because things have gone well we've got a good chance but as we discussed earlier so do a dozen other drivers so we're going to go in he's going to uh race hard he's going to uh go for it and you know i think at indianapolis uh anything can happen and then as far as your second question is, you know, learnings from Formula One, I think uh, uh, Sean Bratches, uh, Ross Braun, and Chase Carey, the leadership of Formula One, are all over uh, identifying and bringing more fan engagement to Formula One. So I think, you know, of course, there's stuff they can learn from all sports. The good news is, they, they want to see it. You know, I share information with them, and they are thirsty for information or uh, you know information and ideas. I think the way the test was covered was outstanding, and IndyCar did an excellent job there, and that shows how engaged our great fan base is. That if we can communicate with them. Uh, through things like social media and you can real, you can feel a, a real interaction with the fans because they tell you real time via 
Twitter and Facebook and websites how you're doing and what they think. And so the more you can have a two-way conversation, the better. We know that's not been a strength of Formula One, but we also know those times are changing and we're already seeing that impact by liberty. So I think there are things they can learn, but I think there's a willingness, uh, you know, from them. Right. Thanks very much. Um, that's the look this weekend. Thank you. At this time, I have no more questions in the question queue. And uh, seeing as we have no further questions for Zach, we will thank him for his time this afternoon uh, in England, uh, this morning here in the U.S., and uh, wish uh, McLaren the best of luck in both uh, Monaco and Indianapolis this weekend. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. That will wrap up today's IndyCar media conference call. This conference call will be available on a digital tape replay approximately one hour following the conclusion of the call. To access the system, participants need to dial 888-843-8996 or 630-652-3044 and enter the passcode 450-09645. A transcript and MP3 audio of today's call will be available at the IndyCar Media website at media.indycar.com. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This concludes today's conference. Thank you for your participation. You may now disconnect.